0: So I'm home for the holidays right now from medical school and I was cleaning out my childhood bedroom. This is it right here. And I found a poster board that I made when I was in seventh grade that I thought was absolutely crazy. So the presentation was called Culture on Display. That's me as a seventh grader. And I came over to this section right here, which talks about your future plans. And it's crazy because I said, I wanted to plan on graduating from my high school, Camiac, that's where I went. Then I wanted to go to Harvard or Yale. Then I wanted to go to medical school and then become a surgeon. And this was 10 years ago, but it's crazy to think that I've now graduated from high school, I went to Yale for undergrad, and I'm now in medical school and I plan to become a surgeon. And all I can say is just manifest, 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 whatever you believe it, write it down, and like make it happen. Um, It's crazy what the universe can do.
1: Hey guys, Dr. Dale here. Really quick before we start this episode, I wanna ask you to support our mission by doing one thing just subscribe subscribe to our youtube channel or our our podcast channel whichever one you listen to just hit that subscribe button the way our podcasts get out there is by you guys liking it by subscribing and of course by sharing as well so if you do one of those things for us right now we really appreciate it we work very hard to make these episodes for you guys we work very hard to get them out for you guys and just to try to uplift the entire community so if you can help us out by doing one of those things subscribe share or like every time i really appreciate it let me guess. At Yale for undergrad, right? Mm-hmm. So what led to the decision for Yale? I mean, you went from, you know, <laughs> ultimate, you know, West Coast way over here, flew across the whole country to go to the other side, right? What led to that decision of Yale?
0: Yeah. So I'll actually bring in my, my siblings here because I think they are a part of the story. But my sister had actually gone to Harvard undergrad um oh so you just
1: said you had big shoes to fill from the from the get-go oh
0: man i was in middle school when she got in and all my friends were like so are you gonna go to harvard too are you gonna go to harvard too because everyone knew because not many people from our community i think the previous person who'd gone to an ivy league had been like four years before that or something oh wow um, so everyone knew that she was going to harvard um and so i definitely had big shoes to fill and then and maybe, maybe honestly that's why teachers looked into me more too but um even before that they'd been looking they'd been like been pouring into me Um, But she'd gone to Harvard. So that kind of put pressure on me. And she'd always known she wanted to go to Harvard. She had like written it down. um, uh, Like there's a video of her as like a nine nine, nine year old saying, I'm going to go to Harvard. And then she like, it's crazy. I I tried to find that video because I think it's so cool. This is like speaking into existence and the manifesting and the prayer and faith that comes into that. But anyway, she went, and so I had some big shoes to fill. Um, I chose Yale after going on a couture. And I actually ended up not getting into Harvard. but I got into, like, Yale and Princeton. I got a full ride to Duke that ended up turning down that my dad was not happy about. Yeah, I'm
1: going um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you two thumbs down for that one, man. <laughs> I, did, I did residency at Duke, and I'm a, you know... I'm I'm a very big you know Duke fan, so yeah, two thumbs down for that. You saw my guy though, so I put the thumbs back up. But I'm man. sorry,
0: uh, but yeah, Dartmouth I was looking at as well, University of Washington back home, um, a lot of different institutions. But I ended up doing a huge college tour, just visiting different schools. And when I got to Yale, a lot of this it's really fascinating when you do these college tours because a lot of the students travel together. I saw the same people at Princeton, same people at Dartmouth, same people at Duke. Um, that had gotten into all these schools and so I was kind of traveling with the same group of people and made a lot of friends when we went from Princeton to Yale there was like a noticeable shift in like the student culture students felt happier students felt like they were doing like more of their passions um, everyone I talked to was like oh this is like I love this place people at Princeton had been more like oh like <clears throat> there's grade deflation just like no it's really difficult if you're a STEM student just know you're going to be stressed out And I was like, do I want to be at a place like that or do I want to be able to have freedom to like really pursue my passions and explore beyond STEM, explore like the arts and the sciences and um, like economics and all these classes I've always wanted to take but haven't been able to. Um, And so that's partly why I chose Yale. It was really the community I found there and the people, literally the people I met before, like during the, it's called Bulldog Days, the orientation days, are still some of my friends to this day
1: nice nice that's fascinating i guess i'm thinking about the traveling together thing that's it's fascinating to, to me that you could be what, 18 years old and you're traveling with a group of kids and you get to know them that well um that you still have friends but i imagine a big part of that is because you guys are like-minded individuals probably
0: mm-hmm. i feel like my friends were always like immigrant children <laughs> so people right. that came from the background or people that were like black american specifically i was in a lot of like just people that weren't, I hate saying this, but like not white, you know, for the most part. Um, Definitely had those friends, but they weren't the people that I gravitated towards the most. And before, I forgot to mention this, but like one of the big things I did before um, college was I applied to a lot of scholarships for students. If there's high school students- Oh yeah, it's important. Oh my gosh. Scholarships are the key to getting into Ivy Leagues, to get into colleges, everything. I applied for so many, like from the Coca-Cola scholarship, to the General Electric scholarship, to um like jackie robinson scholarship and all these scholarships aren't just one year they don't just give you money but they're four-year programs so the jackie robinson scholarship i applied to it before i even gone to college yet they, they actually still give me money today <laughs> to go to medical school how crazy is that what I get, yeah there's a scholarship but they still give me to shout go. that's a jackie robinson shout out to ja- it's the most amazing program everyone <laughs> should apply like if you can um and then all throughout college they would fly you to new york for a leadership and mentoring conference where they would teach us things like etiquette. (laughs) How do you sit at like a fancy, literally like where do you put the fork? Where you put the knife? But then also talk about finances and like how how do you actually do well in classes? What do you do if you're not doing well in classes? Um, Like literally everything you can imagine this conference had. I was a Coca-Cola scholar too and they flew us to Atlanta Um, in order to like go to the Coca-Cola headquarters. And then like there's a whole network there of Coca-Cola scholars that I'm still connected with. I'm doing a podcast with Coca-Cola scholars network in in a little bit. And then I like General Electric, I still do events with them to this day where I'm talking to students who are applying into it. And all these scholarships are anywhere from like $20,000 to $40,000. So part of the reason why I felt okay turning down Duke um, was because I got over $200,000 in scholarships that I was able to use for college. I knew my parents wouldn't be able to pay uh, I would seen my sister going through it and having to pay herself and like the burden that put on my family. And so I told myself, I'm going to pay my own way through college. Um, and, but the scholarship, I didn't know how much I was going to get out of those scholarships, the families and the individuals I would meet that to this day have actually helped me with social media too. A lot of my friends work at Instagram and Snapchat and like all these things from programs that I met like that. So these things like are always coming back and it's, I mean, it's just kind of crazy how I never predicted it, but everything is kind of like aligned in that way.
1: It's funny. So a big part of what I'm a big part of what I'm hearing you say in all this, your your general theme so far is a lot of stuff is about who, you know, the network you're building. Um, But at the same time to the listeners, I want want to make sure you guys understand your ability to build a strong network in large part depends on on um, how you execute your own goals as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Because. Some of those networks aren't going to work if people look at, oh, Joel, he's not serious. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother my time. But they know you're a hardworking kid. They know you, you, you study hard and all this stuff like that. So they want to invest back into you, right? So your teachers, you know, we we're talking about teachers before. I don't know, but I dare say your teachers might not have been as invested in you if they didn't see that you were invested in your own success.
0: Yeah. All right. No, I agree with that. And I 10,000% agree. It's, it's about who you know. And I think I learned that pretty early on. Um, uh, I read partly because my parents weren't from this country, right? I knew I had to forge my own path. Like uh, sometimes my parents would be like, why are you doing this? Or like, why are you going to this conference? And I'd be like, "Like, the amount of people I can meet right now, I, I don't like, it's hard to explain, but they can help me put me on a path in the future that we don't have access to right now. And one of the best books I ever read was Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. I read it, I think when I was a freshman inside college. And it was just about like, how do you network and how do you do it in an authentic way? And like putting on dinner parties and like all these kind of things, but things that I think the black community doesn't always think about, <laughs> um, but like other people are. And like, especially when I went to Yale, that's where I learned it's who you know, you know, it is it is who you know um, in terms of how you get to spaces or like the things you get to do, how, you, how people like will get each other jobs, it comes, it comes alive when you're in those institutions. So uh, people often ask me like, do you think people at Ivy League institutions are smarter than everyone else? And my answer is we're sounding no. It's just that they have access to people that are in places that have power and get them um, to that next stage.
1: Yeah, and the thing about that uh, you know, to echo and to emphasize there is a symptom you have to realize that it's something that you might not see the, the positive benefits from like tomorrow, right? Like you're saying, these are things you people you've known since you were whatever 18 or something. And, and, and you know, those dividends are going to pay off. So you're like 60, 70, 80. It's going to keep on coming. It's going it's yep. to compound and get bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Exactly.
1: So, so I like, to the young individuals listening to this, to the parents thinking about how do you best set your children up, like start the networking early, you know, because yep. that is going to add up down the lines. It's going to take a while before you see the results, mm-hmm. you know, because if I meet somebody today and they ask me for something huge, it's unlikely I'll give it to them tomorrow. Right, I need to see over time before I'm willing to sponsor and invest in you know do something like that. Into somebody yeah. that's huge. Um, so now you're you know you're at Yale, you're doing your thing as a, as an undergrad student. How was the pre experience? I imagine you were pre med. Yep. And yeah. I'm right. pre-med. So how was the, how was the pre med experience? You know, before you were talking about you wanted to explore stuff. How was your overall undergrad pre med experience? What types of things were you into and such? Social yeah. and academic.
0: Yeah. So I'll start with like the struggles of academics of getting to Yale. Because I think what i was mentioned when I was in middle school and I was in high school, I was that perfect student. I'd done all my SATs. i did done all my subject tests. I was getting all, I got straight A's. I was in all AP classes, advanced placement classes. And I got to Yale and I realized that, A, everyone's like that. B, some people are coming from private schools where they've been doing like things way beyond I even thought like was possible, you know? Um, and so I remember my first chemistry class, my first chemistry test, I did not do well on. And I ended up going to my professor, uh, cause like, you know, I'm gonna be a good student. I'm gonna go office hours to talk to them. And i going to the professor and saying, hey, I didn't do well on this exam. Um, what would you suggest? Before even like giving me a suggestion, he looks at me and goes, are you a football player? Cause if you're a football player, don't worry. Like a lot of you guys start this class and you drop out by the end. Like maybe you should just drop out and think about a different path. You don't need to do medicine. And that was my first experience with a teacher. Now contrast that to everything I've been telling you before, with all my previous teachers, right, instilling into me, like talking into me. And now I get to this person who, the first one I meet, is like, "You're not gonna, like, you can't succeed here." And man, so this, I, time, this, this teacher impressive.
1: knew no, no, the teacher knew nothing about you and just said, "Are you a football player?"
0: Yes, knew nothing about me. That was his first question, and I, I will never forget that moment because I was like, "What in the world is this? Where is this where I'm at? Did I choose the wrong school?" you know like I what's your me? stature
1: do you look like a football player or no
0: no i was i mean i work out now and I mean, there's a story to that about why i started working off my first year but like um i i don't i don't think i looked like a football player i was scrawny i was skinny and i was like the first thing of course is it because i'm black you know is he assuming that i got here because i'm black right now um he's discrediting like all my accomplishments everything like I started a nonprofit. I've done international work. I've done local work. I've done national work. Gone to the White House. Yet here he is, distilling me down to this, like, you know, just like saying, "Oh, I've seen someone exactly like you." And nothing against football players at all, but for him to do that and to assume who I was was the most crushing thing for me.
1: Well, wow, that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because that's a that's a you know repetitive something you hear all the time, you know, something to that effect. So how did how did you deal with that then?
0: Yeah, man, I. I, mean, I ended up sitting with the class because I was like, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. I fortunately did not do the best in the class, but I was okay with it because I was like, you know, this is a learning experience to figure out, what, like, I need to reframe how I study. I think I was also, when I was in high school, I was kind of really sheltered. You know, I hadn't, I didn't really go out, I didn't do parties and any of that kind of stuff. So you get to college I'm like, I kind of want to experience life now, you know, you're like hanging out with your friends, there's no parents around, um, you're staying up late at night and like having great conversations, but then maybe not getting enough sleep. Um, and so <clears throat> I really had to like reframe how I thought about myself and my education, and it took t- it took a lot of time. Um, I, my first year, my first semester, actually did decently. Second semester was actually not the best. And so after that year, I was like, you know, I'm gonna work on consistency. That's gonna be my thing because I know time and consistency is how you how you can be successful. And so that's why I actually ended up working out after that summer because I was like, I want to see if I can stick to something consistently. So I like put on a workout regimen where like three times a week I'd work out and I'd study afterwards or something like that. And I came back like my sophomore year and I felt just so much better about having like my plans together and doing things. So I treated it as something like I've screwed up. How do I fix this? Let me find the pain points. Let me talk to the right people. Let me talk to people like Jackie Robinson that can give me suggestions. Let me have them hold me accountable. I remember I actually took it upon myself to write a letter <laughs> to all my scholarships that were funding me saying like, I am asking for like your outside support. So like, you can keep me accountable right now. And honestly, that was huge for me because it was keeping myself accountable, but also telling outside people that I want them to help me out, you know, keeping me accountable. Um, so I really tried to just find the- That's extremely plan.
1: precocious for, uh, you were what, maybe 19, 20 or something? it's uh, 19, yeah. That's impressive. You don't see kids doing that, you know, you know, doing stuff like that. That's something, that that's extreme. The, the, the simple fact that you would do something like that shows that you're in a different- um, maturity genre I don't want to say maturity because not even maturity because a lot of adults you know like older older adults don't even do that it's a different you know what I mean success leadership level mind different mindset The
0: mm-hmm. different
1: mindset level right yeah it's different yeah.
0: it's different yeah I don't know I, I can't explain why I did I can't remember if I saw something on it or like but I've, I've always been like even when I was a kid in high school like the leadership programs I did were amazing because they talked about getting uncomfortable with being uncomfortable right like putting yourself being uncomfortable yeah yeah. Uh, yeah thank you comfortable being uncomfortable yeah. getting in those situations where you put yourself in a in a place where you don't really want to be but can help you grow and so i've always tried to do that in everything i am whether it's spaces i'm in or like if i need to improve myself letting people know and it's hard right to to either a tell people hey i've let you down how how can you help me and it's hard to ask for help in the first place when you're when you're down like that but that's the biggest lesson i learned after that is like when you're not doing well go to people and ask for help and they will help you. Um, and as a specific example of that, I remember there was an essay I did. I took a class and wrote an essay, thought it was a great essay, ended up getting a B on it, which is fine. But I was like, I think this deserved A. name. I ended up going to the TA, sitting down with her and working through the, like the essay. And she was reading through and she said, huh, I don't know why I gave you a B. I'll change it to an A. And I was like, what in the world? Like, this is how it works. You know, it's about taking that next step to say, let me just go see if it can happen, you know, advocating for yourself. And if they say no, they say no. But if they say yes, you get an A, you know, and that's what's going to live on your transcript forever. No one's going to see the the B that was on there before. So
1: That's the way it should be. I love that. I love that. You have to advocate for yourself because somebody, nobody else might do it for you, right? Yep. You got to do it for yourself. Um, yep. So I'm guessing after that undergrad went somewhat more smooth, right? Definitely, um, yeah. So then did you go straight to med school or did you take some gap
0: years? I took a gap year, partly because I felt like the first, my first year and a half or so wasn't as strong. And I wanted to kind of show an upward trajectory. Um, I also wasn't sure if I wanted to do medicine. I haven't even talked about this, but I, I, once I got to college, I was wavering back and forth. I was like, I have so many options. I spent my freshman summer at Google. um, So I did some work there. So I thought about computer science for a long time. Sophomore summer, I worked at the Urban Institute which is on health policy. And you asked about politics before. And I I think I I do want to go into politics at least someday. I don't know what aspect, but that was really cool because I was working on the Affordable Care Act looking at how health and policy comes together. And then my junior summer, I I was placed at Howard University Hospital um, with orthopedic surgeons. And that's kind of what like solidified me on medicine. But before that, um, I'd been like, oh, maybe I wanna do tech. Maybe I wanna do like, consult-. consulting was a big thing that a lot of students go into. It makes money, um, I think it like fits right in with like the creative thinking I had. But I'm so glad I went to medicine because I feel like I'm bringing different skills from different industries into this that don't necessarily, that weren't, that maybe may have been there, but like putting it out there that can be done on a larger scale.
1: Um, yeah. That, that, that's really fascinating. So after my first summer, I did, I was at MD Anderson doing cancer research. Mm. My second summer, I was actually at Yale doing the um, summer program. Uh, my third summer, I was at Harvard doing research, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. after all my summers was science, 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 your summers were tech, politics, the science. That, that's very fascinating. You don't and see I, that very much, right?
0: And I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I'm so glad I did do it. Because I, that I, was great.
1: I'm hearing you say it. I'm like, man, like, if I could do it again, like, if you told me I had summers now, of course, it's not that, but if I had summers now, I, just, I would probably do something like that, right? I would probably spend the summer, I would do a different field yes. instead of being so. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to think that somebody at your stage who was a pre med would be thinking out the box and is, uh, talking to you. It doesn't surprise me now. I'm getting to learn your personality, but most pre meds wouldn't think out the box enough to say, you know what? I'm going to do something that's not even medicine this summer. Um, at, at that stage, when you were deciding to go to Google and um, politics, to do stuff like that with the White House, at that stage, did you know what it took to get into med school already? Did you understand how people say you got to do research, you got to do this, you got to do that? Were you, were you Was this part of your strategy to say, I'm going to be diverse to get
0: into med school? Or was it like, hey, I just like this. I want to try it. It was more the, I like this, I just want to try it. Like, I was like, oh, Google, that sounds awesome. I've always loved technology. Like, I want to learn how to code. Uh, It's fun. Every single summer I tried to learn how to code. I never really did. It's really bad. Uh, That was, It's kind of sad. I talked about consistency. That was the one thing I was not consistent with. But I took a coding class eventually. And so I got like some um, CSS, C C sharp and all those languages down. But no, I kind of went into the site saying, I want to follow things I find interesting right now. Google looks like a great company. And like, let me see what I can learn there. I actually did like the business side of Google. So it was called um, Bold, Building and Leadership Development. And so um, that was really fascinating for me to like understand how these large companies existed and what they were doing. The next summer, I actually uh, did a program called the Institute for Responsible Citizenship. And so that's how I got two summer internships in washington dc and so um the program i remember i had a call with the the founder and he was like what do you want to do and i was like well i want to do some um like something in the healthcare field i don't have to get research and he's like what about policy research and i was like interesting <laughs> sure let's try it and i'm so glad i did because it introduced me to a whole different world of like policy when i returned back to school after that i ended up taking a lot of health economics classes um policy classes at the yale school of management and really expanding out what like my interest in healthcare looked like, going beyond just like the, the strictly medicine and into looking at the systems that create it. And so I, I love, I think that summer really expanded my mind with like the types of people I got to meet, who I talked to, just being in DC, Washington DC as, oh my gosh, Washington DC as a young intern, incredible. You learn so much and everything's free. And you hear from the greatest thinkers in the world who come into the city and want to just talk to students um and then I was like I definitely need to get some like clinical experience and so my my junior summer and that like seeing I was working at orthopedic surgery I talk about this a lot because I think just seeing that many black doctors that was the first time I'd ever seen that many black doctors right I've been at Yale I've been in from Seattle um it was incredible for me and like hearing them actually instill in me too and I still talk even to this I still talk about that time at Howard because I felt like it was a mecca <laughs> you know you hear about like he see coats talking about it, like the Mecca and things like that. But it truly was where, like, actually, just Tuesday had my first experience with um, a, the, my first black male attending that I've been with. Haven't been with anyone black since I've been at Washington State University. And we were talking, and turns out he trained at Howard at the same time that I was there. We knew the same people. My mentor that was there at the time, Dr. Terry Thompson, um, was also who trained him. And so I was just like, this is like. I feel like this is a small world moment. Things like the universe is coming together in weird ways. The Black Panther playlist is playing in the OR. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is all like something's Divine. happening here. Yeah. There's the universal lining right now. Um, but yeah, truly, it was an amazing experience, and it really got me set in medicine.
1: Was Black Panther really playing? I know.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, in the <laughs> OR. It was. Uh, I can't remember the. It was the the soundtrack. I can't remember the name of yeah. the song right now, but love that soundtrack. I listen to it all the time. Nice.
1: Yeah. Um. All right, so let's, let's, let's fast forward, you brought up med so let's fast forward, was any, any, any MCAT backstory we need to know about It was MCAT just fine? Hold tight, we'll be right back.
0: One thing that I hope to share with our young people of all colors,
1: all genders, is that it gets better. It always gets better. I grew up in poverty
0: and worked through medical school and undergraduate to get to where I am and anything is possible as long as you have a great network. And I wanna be that service to, to people who are coming up in the ranks. We hope you'll be able to make it to the Black Men and White Coats Summit. We'll see you there. I took the cut twice. I think most people do. Um, I did fine on it the first time, but I wanted to do better the second time. Um, ended up doing better. Uh, I was lucky because, once again, Jackie Robinson helped me. Like They paid for a Kaplan class, and you know, so I was able to take a Kaplan class.
1: Holy. This is Jackie Robinson. And, and this Jackie Robinson, I'm not going to call it just a scholarship, but it's a program. Uh, it's, it's still out there. still available. People can still go apply. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Apply. They give you $24,000 a year as a as a college student. Um, they fly you out every single year. Now they can have a program where they take you to um ethiopia every year because one of rachel robinson and jackie robin rachel robinson is still alive she's like 96 years old now she comes to the conference every single year still her kids sharon robinson they still run this organization they're still very much involved um there's a big gala at the end uh bill cosby used to host it of course he doesn't host it now (laughs) but um like it's it is black excellence to a t um, all, all the people there, the Jackie Robinson scholars are at Goldman Sachs as like managing partners now. They come back and they give $100,000 donations. Like it's it's incredible to see and to see that space and be in that space and be like, this is what I can aspire to one day. So apply. I tell everyone to apply to the Jackie Robinson scholarship. Everyone to apply to the Coca-Cola scholarship. Everyone to apply to General Electric scholarship because these are the things you should be applying to. I think the Jackie Robinson pro- program is the best program that's out there right now. And if I could, I, I mean, one day I want to emulate what it's done because we need more programs like that. It's absolutely incredible.
1: I love it, I love it, I love it. Right, so get in, get in um, so med schools, which schools were you looking looking at when you're applying med schools, you know, and um, how did you end up at um, Washington?
0: Yeah, so I was looking at uh, not too many schools actually, UIC, University of Illinois Chicago. That's where my sister had actually gone for medical school. So she went Harvard. She also did a post-bac program, so I kind of followed her path, but she did at Georgetown and then UIC. And I was looking at Albany in New York. And then I was looking um, here at Washington State University. I applied to a lot of other schools, but those were those I, I got interviews at. Um was really sad to get one at HBCU. I, I remember even, I, I was really proactive. Like I was emailing all the program, the directors of admissions and things like that. Um, but things don't always work out. But I'm so happy that I ended up at Washington State University because I think it's allowed me to do something I don't know if I would have been able to do anywhere else. So how I-, how um, I-
1: Right, let me say. So, if you last week's podcast episode was uh, Wayne Riley, who's now the president of um, SUNY Downstate Medical Center. So, he was the president of Meharry Medical College, HBC, mm-hmm. and he didn't get an interview in Meharry. So, <laughs> hey, you might not get an interview. You might mess around and still be the president running one of those schools one day. So,
0: I love that. Hey, very <laughs> true. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, so I, so as part of my grad school program, I did one year in Boston, it was at Boston University. And the second year, I did clinical research actually. Um, in, in Everett. And so I worked on appendicitis, looking at antibiotics versus appendectomies, what the best way to treat it was. Um, while I was there, I met Dr. Schechter, who had was told me about this new medical school that was being built in Washington State. Um, I had some friends that I had got, I think one or two friends that were current medical students there. So I started talking and asking around and met with the admissions director. And it sounded like an amazing program. I think what sold me was that they had a leadership program. And they kept emphasizing that they were not just building doctors, but building doctor leaders. And that's really what I felt like my whole story was about. So I ended up interviewing, had an amazing time. It was a new school, only been around for three to four years, and um, ended up getting admitted. Um, and once I got to the other two, I kind of was like, okay, but Washington State is cheaper. <laughs> um, I really feel like a family here. I'm going to withdraw from other places. How so far, how
1: far from- is it from your um, where you grew up, where you at, where's your school? How far is it?
0: Yeah, so interesting because it has four campuses around the state. So the main campus is in Spokane, which is about like a six-hour drive, actually, from where I live, um, or a a four-and-a-half-hour drive from where I live, and originally from like Everett, a Mukilteo area, Um, but still like close enough. And now I'm in Vancouver, Washington, which is only about like two-and-a-half hours from home. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so not super far. But I found out when I got in, this was after I got in, that I was myself and one other student were the first two Black students at our school which I had no idea about. And so that, um, um, like I came in here thinking I need to do something to like make sure that the doors are open for students that come afterwards. And so it's been it's been awesome because I've been able to do a lot. And I think I've always, i talked to my roommates about this, but I'm all about legacy. Like, what are you leaving to make a place better when you go? And so that's why I started a mentoring program here, because there wasn't really been any mentoring programs here. But when I was in college, that was a huge part of my time, or I, I was at a school every single day after school for three hours at a local charter school helping out that were mostly black and brown kids at that school so i want to make sure to do the same thing here i started student national medical association here and served as president as well because i was like what if the students are going to come here they want a space where they can talk about things and and have like open conversation
1: so then so you, so you're chapter since there were only not very <laughs> many black people would have been composed of people who weren't black also right it was me josiah
0: who's another black student and then all non-black people yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, which is fine. Which you know. is fine. And like, I mean, it's a good time to have it because it was right when kind of COVID hit and you start hearing things like Black people are more susceptible to COVID, right? And so like really dispelling those myths and like using that um, as a vehicle to have those conversations. Um, and then I started, I was student body president too because um, we do it where during your second year you become student body president. And so continue that, that uh, student government thing which I, I love student government and really got me to know the administration at my school. But yeah, I, I mean, I've had a great time here so far.
1: So what's the um, biggest challenge you've had in med school so far?
0: Balance, absolutely balance. Um, which I think is, I mean, I do to myself in a way, cause I, as I'm sure you can tell, I love to do a lot and I get very passionate about everything I do. And so making sure that I'm still being dedicated to my studies while also doing all the things I'm doing right now has been difficult. Um, I honestly, the academics actually isn't that difficult anymore for me. Um, I, I love everything I do. I, I love science. I, I I tell people a lot, like if you're struggling with the sciences in college, medical school is very different. It's more about the people. It's more about the hands-on. And yes, there's a lot of science to it too, but I think there's a, a way that you actually see how it is infused and matters for patients. Um, and so I think that's been huge for me is like being able to feel as if I'm having direct impacts on people every single day.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Um,
0: what is the... What's the funniest
1: or most surprising type of unexpected, funny or unexpected? Something about med school. Something that's was funny or unexpected.
0: Hmm. Something funny or unexpected about medical school. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I I so I mean you you hear a lot about like med students being like these like people that like, study all the time. I have the best friends. I hands down, our cohort of students my year incredible um and i just think we've had we have a very good balance of just like like having fun but also studying um and i did, i don't think i expected that when i came to medical school and i love it like i live with two other medical students i'm in portland oregon because it's not too far from vancouver washington um and we got all like an apartment complex we all kind of live together in like the same area so it feels like college all over again and i have like eight of my super close friends um i actually just offici- officiated the wedding of two of my friends last week um, like that's how close we are like we do everything together and it's been amazing so i just i i did not expect that like i thought i was like oh med school man <laughs> it's so it's much
1: it's fun. interesting i think that's probably a common misconception most people have right and i'm the same way my wife was the same way like we all talk about we talk about that same exact thing you get into med school you don't realize how like wow med school is just absolutely amazing type of thing right yeah so um phenomenal phenomenal type of thing we had the best time in med school um all right let's let's bring it home with some some random questions all right so I'm gonna do music type of stuff if you Mm -hmm. were if you had to compare yourself to a music and artist if you were an artist who would you be and why
0: I like John Lynch a lot um but not not
1: who you like but that person is embodies you yeah
0: yeah yeah um John Lynch is interesting and not for not necessarily for his music even but for his background so (laughs) this is weird but he actually used to be in consulting he worked at Deloitte for a long time in consulting, and then transitioned into music. And I think seeing someone like that, who, if you talked about his probably previous life before uh before like he became a musician, he'd be a totally different person. And so I love the fact that he has a story of like reinvention of like changing what he's known for and like doing it really well. But like most people don't know about that previous life of his. So yeah, I think he's his backstory is really interesting.
1: I had no, I did. was the case either. If you were a piece of medical equipment, what piece of medical equipment would you be?
0: Ooh, um, I'll go with the stethoscope. I mean, I feel like I'm always hanging around and when, <laughs> when you need me, there. Like, when you need me, I'm there. <laughs> when you need me, I'm there.
1: <laughs> I love it, man, I love it, I, love, I like it, like it, like it. Um, if you could go back and do change one thing about your
0: journey, what would that one thing be? I wouldn't have majored in a science degree. I would have majored in something else. Um, I, I think, like, I studied molecular biology, which I think was great, but at the same time, I think there's so much knowledge out there that you can apply. Um, I probably would have done, like, psychology and computer science, and then still gone to med school, but I think it would have given me a whole different um, idea. I love behavioral psychology a lot, um, so I think that's something I would have wanted to look more into.
1: Nice, nice, nice. And last thing, I'll give you, I'll give you the, you know, um, the word, last word. Um, I just ask that you end it with I am a black man in the white coat, you know. But last word is yours. Now, before I give it, I just want to say thank you for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you, everybody. And make sure you put your um, you, you shout out your your um, your not your tags, your handles, your your social media handles, so everybody knows people who might not be following you already. And um, last word is yours.
0: Yeah, I think what I would just say to all students is, journeys are not easy. I listen to podcasts a lot about people who have gone through life. Um, If you want to listen to good podcasts, like what it takes is an amazing one where it walks through people's lives of how they got there. Life is not like a linear line. Um, And my favorite quote that I've ever heard is that a setback is a setup for a comeback. So no matter what you're going through, like if you don't do well the first time, you don't do well the second time, just know that these things are setting you up to be successful in the future. and I, I, I hope my story doesn't sound like it was a linear path at all, because it wasn't. There were struggles, there was difficulties, there was people who doubted me. Um, I, I've been lucky to have incredible mentors, but just know um, that there are people out there rooting for you. If you ever need support, I'm here for you as well. Um, my name's and I'm a black man in a white coat. I'm them like a daddy, yo. OLED do it like flag, yo. I'm kicking with no saga, yo. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I like them blues. I might go Jenny like Jackson. I got them options, yo. Yeah. It's all about progression. Life is like a blessing. Everything, a win, loss is like a lesson. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ain't no time for stressing. I've been really stepping. Ooh, ooh, yeah. If you wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got them racks, ain't playing around. Wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got them racks, ain't playing around. Black man, white yeah. coats, shit, we up right now.